Today on the Weekly Walk podcast, Eric and I talk about one of my most favorite topics, sleep. I protect my sleep so much. I love my sleep. It does so very, very much for my mind, my mood, and my body. And today on the Weekly Walk podcast, we're going to talk about how and why. And you'll learn my superhero name. So assuming you're awake, lace up your sneakers and let's get going. Welcome to the Weekly Walk Podcast, the perfect podcast to take with you on a 30-minute walk. I'm Joyce, the pack leader here at 99 Walks, and each week, my husband and co-founder, Eric, and I explore tools, tactics, research, and random stories to help you keep moving forward and creating a life you love. Hey, Eric. Hey, Joyce. How'd you sleep last night? The usual. How's that? How, what's the usual? Not so good. Ask me how I slept last night. How do you, I know how you slept, but how did you sleep? Sleeping is my superpower. <laughs> sleep woman. Sleep. <laughs> Slumber girl. <laughs> do, do, do. Slumber girl. Okay, that's hilarious. And I suppose now that we're, now that I'm thinking about it, I suppose I really don't want that to be my superpower. <laughs> or your nickname. Or... <laughs> <laughs> or my nickname. You put that on your LinkedIn page. That would really work well. Slumber girl. Joyce slumber girl. That would actually be, be great for somebody who's like a sleep consultant. Slumber girl or slumber guy. I slumber think, man. Sl- I think I'd be a lousy sleep consultant. <laughs> just be like, just close your eyes and go to bed. I don't understand. <laughs> exactly. But preparing for this this podcast has got me really thinking about whether or not there are things that I do in my life that help to foster a good night's sleep. And I actually think there are. I know one of them. What's that? Walking. It's true. (laughs) I know. I've always been an intentional walker, and I've pretty much always been a good sleeper. You think those two things are connected? I do. How so? Well, there's several ways if you want to dive into some of those. Uh, If you walk in the morning... And you get that sunlight on your face when the sun is low in the sky. It sets your circadian rhythm. How does it do that? It just goes to our wiring, our evolution. Our lizard brain. It tells our lizard brain it's time to get up. It goes, exactly. And it tells our lizard brain that it's the start of the day and sets our clock a ticking, right? So you start your day, and I guess if you don't get that sunlight, you sort of are like rolling into the day, and and your clock isn't really set. Like, did I get up at seven, or did I get up at nine? Like, when did this day really start? And that's important because at the end of the day, you sort of need to know, your, your body needs to know when your day started. So getting that early morning sunlight. And this goes to something that we talk about a fair bit, which is the benefit of even those 10 minute walks. Because for some people who think, oh, well, I like to do a two mile walk and I just don't have that kind of time in the morning or I like to, whatever it is, just a 10 minute early morning walk in that early morning sunlight can definitely help. Though I don't do that every day and I still sleep pretty well but I think 
on the days when I do, I think I might sleep even a little bit better. Yeah, it's something I've been trying. But even when you don't walk first thing in the morning, you walk later in the day, at like mid to late afternoon, often with a friend. That's my perfect, I think, walking time for even for the sake of sleep. And how do you think that affects your sleep? Well, my theory, uh, based on N of one, meaning <laughs> just me, but for me at least, that walk is key to reducing my stress of the day, lowering my cortisol, and really shaking off some of whatever's bubbled up during the course of the day. I, I tend to leave that behind. I get those happy hormones firing up. I reduce the stress hormones. And I do think that 3.30, 4 o'clock afternoon walk helps me sleep. Yeah, it gets you out of fight or flight mode, which is how I spend, work, high stress. Is that how I day. spend my day? I spend my day in fight or flight? Uh, that sounds terrible. Certainly parts of it. I, I think sort of we all do. We're more heightened senses, sense of awareness of what's going on, all of that stuff. Well, that sounds a whole lot better than fight or flight. I, <laughs> you know, I, I actually, I take some issue with this whole fight or flight thing. Like, I know that those are the moments of, like, the big cortisol dump. And I know a lot of us are walking around in sort of a cortisol, a heightened state of cortisol and stress. But sometimes that that stress of the day, working hard, doing all the things, it's not necessarily all negative. And I feel like when we label it flight or uh, fright, what? Fight or flight. Thank you. <laughs> Isn't there a fright in there? No, that feels there's, like... <laughs> there's no fright. That's on Halloween. No, those are some of the days. There's fright in some of the days. Yeah. Um, but I feel like when we label it, fight or flight, it ha it gives it such a negative connotation. Can't you have good stress during the day? Can't you be engaged? How about parasympathetic? Okay. <laughs> so that's our parasympathetic system and uh, activity, all that. So anyway, so for me at least, that late afternoon walk does seem to contribute to my state of, of relaxation at night. And we... That's often referred to as rest and digest. Is that a little, little better? For afternoon? No, I don't For know. For just you mean. difference than, it's the opposite. Now I'm saying fright of <laughs> fight and flight, is rest and digest or sympathetic state. I, I just think labeling all of our stress response, fight or flight, uh, tells us that there's not no such thing as good stress. And I don't think that's true. I think having a challenging day can be great for us. And going off on a tangent, but when you look at that stress as being great, it actually is helpful. It actually is, there's good stress. And having that attitude of looking at it that way actually makes it so. Exactly. So don't you think that maybe by labeling it fight or flight, by definition, then we're defining it as all bad? Because fighting is bad and fly and flighting. <laughs> <laughs> run away! Run, run away! Run away! Right? Sometimes you just gotta like get in there. Yes. Anyway. And then last but not least is this new habit that we're trying to build of our after dinner walk. Which is close to bedtime, helps with our digestion and helps level out our blood sugar, right? All those things yep. after a meal. And, and, and even also helps with the cortisol, I suppose. Yep, and that sets us up for a good night's sleep. 
though for some people that doesn't work. Well, actually, I'll give you another piece, which is uh, being outside helps cool us down a little bit. So sometimes that helps for some people too. But for some people, that evening walk doesn't help their sleep. So is it a little too too much stimulation? Exactly. You know, when I was young and single and living in the city, I used to play in this adult, young adult uh, basketball league. I think you played volleyball. I played both, uh, and, or volleyball and volleyball. And we would have games that started at 9.30 at night. And I would get home at like 11, 11.30. And you went right to sleep. You were I so relaxed, right? could not sleep. <laughs> so, yeah, for some people, that sort of output, even even in the evening, just gets your body too revved up to be able to fall asleep within a relatively short window. The moral of that story is know thyself. Yes. And this is something we've talked about around around you because your sleep isn't has your sleep always been poor or not I shouldn't say poor not as good as not as restful as you would like it to be I feel like the older I'm getting the poorer my average sleep has gotten there are times when I have a decent night's sleep but I think that's getting less and less That sounds terrible I'm sorry <laughs> You're not alone though so many people wrestle with or sleep. Yeah, I do think that the actually the morning sunlight seems to help. Uh, being very mindful not to drink a lot of fluids in the late afternoon, evening. Like I generally don't drink a lot with dinner. I try to drink a lot over the course of the day, but I stop by four or five. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Otherwise, I'm just getting up and going to the loo, as they say in England. I suppose there are so many different elements of sleep, getting to sleep, staying asleep, the quality of your sleep. And on some level, I think it's really interesting to understand all of that. And on another level, there's part of me that feels like, I don't know how much I really ever want to dig into that. (laughs) Just because I feel like, right, you can geek out on it and worry about it. Yeah, with all the like sleep trackers and fitness trackers, I mean, I hear this is anecdotal and of three maybe people, but people who are like, yeah, I use this thing and it would tell me I was sleeping well, tell tell me I wasn't sleeping well, and I would sort of live my life by this thing. And when I stopped looking at it, I just found out that it, it wasn't that significant. Like I was still able to perform what I wanted to do. So... Yeah, there's some things that maybe it is better left unknown. I think there's, for me, that's a huge part of this because being told over and over and over again how important sleep is, I think can create stress when you're not sleeping well, especially when you have a big thing coming up the next day, right? So then you're not sleeping because you're anxious about it. Then you get yourself in your head of like, okay, I'm not sleeping and that's going to impact my performance on this thing, whatever this thing is. And then you get more tense and then you, and then it's just this cycle. One thing I did run across a study a while ago that actually looked at that pre-event non-sleep. And they actually found that you could do just fine missing like one night of sleep because you're you're anxious for 
you know, your wedding day, for your first marathon, for your 10th marathon, for your job interview, whatever it is, one night, you'll do just fine. It's more this sort of cumulative lack of sleep that tends to really do us some damage. But, you know, you touched on it and you said how important sleep is. And we're all hearing that. But let's talk a little bit about why it's so important. Before we do that, and we'll do that in one second, I just want to sort of put a bow on what you said about one night or a couple of nights of poor sleep is not going to destroy you. And I remember when I was a kid and I would have trouble sleeping, my dad would say to me, it's fine. You don't need to sleep. Just lay there and rest and your body will be getting what it needs. Now, it's not entirely true because sleep <laughs> is a lot better. But to my, you know, six, eight-year-old brain, I was like, oh, as long as I'm laying here relaxing, it's just as good as sleeping. And then you know what would happen? What? I'd fall asleep. Yeah, of course. Right. But the opposite of that, when you're telling yourself, if I'm not sleeping, all these terrible things are going to happen. It's just not so. Like, we all have occasionally crappy nights of sleep, even slumber girl over here. <laughs> so the first thing I just want to be really sure people are taking away from this is reduce your stress and anxiety over your sleep. It's going to be fine. And the last piece of that is anyone who has had an infant in their home <laughs> has learned that you can actually function with terribly disrupted, limited sleep. I mean, I think that whole system is completely screwed up. You get this little tiny baby you're supposed to care for, and then, oh, you're supposed to care for it with no sleep. It's insanity. But nevertheless, we've discovered that we can. So before we talk about the wonderful benefits of sleep, just a reminder, it's fine if you don't sleep. You'll gotcha. be fine. I'm fine. You're fine. I'm See, fine. You're, fine. you're fine. It's all fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Benefits of sleep. Well, one of the ones that I think is is super important these days is it's so good for your immune system. It lets your body's defenses get ready for the next day for for life, for the onslaught of Everything. Stuff, bacteria, viruses, everything. that we Stress, run, people, all the things. We run across over the course of a day no matter what. And I don't know, 98, 99% of it we fight off. Maybe it's 99% when you're sleeping well and 98% when you're not. But the, the studies clearly show that, that good sleep helps boost your immune system, which I think is in and of itself reason to... to work on your sleep habits. Really good for your brain. Sleep is really good for your brain. It helps you encode memories. It helps your executive function. It resets your decision-making fatigue. As we go through our day and we make lots of decisions, we get, we get worse and worse at it. It's just shocking. Like, if you really stop and think about it, and the research bears this out, you're going to make worse decisions as the day progresses. So you can kind of use that to structure your day and how you reset that decision-making capacity. One of the best ways is a good night's sleep. You know another really good way to reset your decision-making capacity? What's that? A walk. 
I thought you were going to say a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Naps. We didn't even talk about naps. Naps are glorious. Yes. I had a great nap this past weekend. I had a nice nap Sunday. Awesome. So, you know, speaking of of your brain and sleep, it also improves your reaction time. And they've done studies around pretty significant lack of sleep. But it will, when it comes to things comparable to driving, it's like having two or three drinks and, you know, driving, I'm losing my train of thought, but lack of sleep impairs your reaction time comparably to having a few drinks. So there's a story that I don't think you know, because I don't think I've ever told you, but we were talking just a couple of minutes ago about the new baby thing. Mm -hmm. There was a day I was driving with our son in the car as an infant And I came really close to hitting a tree. I mean, just full on. And this was not one of those things happen when you're driving, right? Somebody pulls out of a driveway unexpected. Like things happen that you have to respond to. None of those things happened. I was just so, and I didn't fall asleep. I just, there was a curve in the road and I didn't turn fast enough. Like I didn't curve with the road and I almost took out him, me, and a tree. Wow. And it was without question a function of my exhaustion. Hmm. So cautionary tale. Cautionary tale. And then on the brain, getting some sleep, a good night's sleep in, in particular, can actually reset emotions. You know, there's an adage like, don't if you're fighting with your spouse, don't go to bed angry. Well, If you're able to reset your emotions, lose that anger, have a more even-keeled outlook, and revisit the conversation, whatever your conflict is, you may have a better chance of of resolving it and getting a a more positive outcome. So sometimes, maybe you do want to go to sleep angry because you're going to wake up less angry. It's so hard. But I suspect that most couples out there have had the occasions that you and I have had, which is a late night disagreement that ends up going in flipping circles because you're tired and your decision making capacity is low and your executive function is low and your emotions are high. And absolutely, if you can just table it. And that doesn't mean walk away from it. And that doesn't mean bury it, right? There's a big difference between burying, tabling conflict and burying conflict. It takes some discipline and some work to sort of, once you've tabled something, to revisit it. But it's way better than burying it and not revisiting it. So maybe there's some time just to sleep on it. Yeah. And for me... The the challenge is actually tabling it because I'm so confrontational in the sense that not necessarily in a negative way, but if there's something going on, like, I want to fix it. I want to fix it right then. Let's keep going and fix it. So the expression sleep on it, it's a good one. Yep. And then the last thing I found is sleep, one of sleep's superpowers. And this probably applies to you, slumber girl. (laughs) is sleep can actually make you appear younger. 
because it helps with all your circulation. And by helping with circulation, you get more blood flow to your skin. So your skin looks younger and more supple. So that alone could be a good reason to get more sleep. Uh, and there's there's one more, which is over the recent years, they have drawn connections. They've seen connections between sleep and obesity. Sleep is really good for your weight management. And there's all kinds of, of relatively recent research out there about why that is and how that's working and how to use that to your advantage or how that's happening to your disadvantage. But just know that sleep is helping all of the systems in your body. Yeah, it's resetting those hormones because hunger and all those things is driven by hormones for the most part. And when they're out of whack, they're out of whack. All right, sleep is important. Are we convinced? Yes. So I think one of the- I've got more. You've got more? Yeah, like not sleeping is the fastest way to a short temper for me. Really? Yeah, not for you. <laughs> There's a lot of ways I get to a short temper. You know, for you, I feel like, and now I'm now I'm just sort of oh, thinking about- in. No, not exactly. But I think actually poor sleep makes you, this sounds so stupid because it's like obvious, but kind of out of it. Like your brain doesn't, you have a very, very good brain. For anybody who doesn't know, Eric is very, very smart and very quick and processes a lot and does all the things. He's got a really good brain. Your brain doesn't function as well without sleep. Like I see that in you. Yeah, those mornings where I'm kind of tired and really didn't sleep well in particular. Yeah, you're not, not you're not, not clear. No, not so clear, so. I wonder if that gets worse with age. <laughs> Doesn't everything get worse with age? Oh, fair point. Uh, though wisdom, definitely some, some things get better. Uh, uh, attitude, but that's a whole other podcast. We could do a whole podcast, what gets better with age. Oh, totally. We're totally doing that. Sounds good. Okay. Moving on, though. We have a nighttime routine, and I think that's that's one of the keys to setting up your sleep habits, your sleep hygiene is getting into a routine. Your body likes that, your brain likes that, and your sleep is gonna like that. So you wanna talk a little bit about ours? Interestingly, I always felt like I didn't really have a, a nighttime routine. And people talk about, like, I had a morning routine for a long time. I didn't have a nighttime routine. I kinda always wanted one. I wanted to be one of those people who got into bed wrote in my gratitude journal, like did all those things. And at night, I'm on autopilot, like I'm done. I'm cooked, I'm done. So I always felt like I didn't really have a nighttime routine until I started to really think about it because my nighttime routine is not so interesting. <laughs> I think that might also be part of uh, the success is it's not time necessarily to be particularly interesting. You are winding down and moving moving into sleep so one of the things we have dinner together as a family five or six nights a week at least yeah at, yeah it's, it's, we can go we can go a couple of weeks of dinner together as a family every night particularly with maddie done with her sports seasons yeah so 
we have our dinner, we wash the dishes, clean up the kitchen. You know what's so interesting? Do you know there are people out there that don't actually clean up their kitchen after dinner? They do it in the morning? Yeah. Who wants to leave that hanging over your head? I don't know, but there are people who do that and are quite comfortable with that routine. The dishes go in the sink and they get done in the morning. Yeah, I can. I guess I can see that, but I not for us. I lose my mind. Yeah. So then we make the set up the coffee for the morning, and then usually. Well, then we can. You're talking as a we, but we don't have the same habits necessarily. Yeah. So you want to do yours? Yeah, uh, I'll usually do a little bit of work after dinner. I'll sort of check in on things one last check before the evening and then depending on the time I'll just watch a little mindless television or read uh, my book and I tend to do this by myself and then join you in bed for whatever shared show we're watching for 45 minutes or an hour and that's it so Again, like, this is not really fodder for a great podcast. I feel like to make a great podcast, I should have this wonderful nighttime routine that should involve three yoga poses and a gratitude journal, but that's just not what it is. So honestly, do the dishes. More often than not, I shower in the evening. I'm a nighttime shower. There is some research that that can help you sleep. Something about moving from a warm shower to a cool room. Um, pretty finicky about sleeping in the cold. I like I like to sleep in a very cool room. The colder the better, frankly. But uh, you know, there's no justification for setting an air conditioner at 60 degrees in the <laughs> summer. So I do have to uh, acclimate a little bit. But shower, teeth, supplements, into bed. I do not check my email after dinner. On the days that I do that, it is not good for me. So my workday ends before dinner. Four or five o'clock, my workday must end. Uh, and then it's into bed. Sometimes I'll read for a bit. Sometimes I'll work on a crossword for a, pit, a bit. And then it's an hour of television. So 45 minutes, an hour of television. Let's talk about television and lights and blue lights and all of that. So a lot of research out there about how light is disruptive for your sleep. And you should never watch TV before bed. How much does it affect you? Slumber girl. <laughs> Slumber girl. Maybe it does affect me, but I can't see, it can't seem to develop another routine. I do have these like blue light blocking glasses that I try. And maybe it's something that I need to wear every night when we're watching TV. But in general, I don't notice a difference when I do wear them watching television before bed and don't. Maybe you should try a two-week experiment. Two weeks, morning walk, 10-minute morning walk, sunlight on your eyes, and the blue light glasses before bed. Just try those two things and see if it has an impact. But I think you probably have to do it for a while to be able to see. Because I don't think, that, you know, the thing about working on sleep hygiene and sleep habits, other than a knock you out sleeping pill, I don't think there's an easy solution. 
I don't think there's a one thing. I don't think you're going to put on the blue light glasses and poof, you become Slumber Boy. <laughs> Slumber Boy. No, I, I agree. I think it's incremental. And I also think my body has sort of been sleeping this way for several, many years now. I think it, it, it's going to take some work and some time to get it into like a different groove of, okay, this is, this is how we sleep. And I think doing those things might help get it out of the old groove and into the new groove, so to speak. Into the new groove. Uh, I want to talk for just a moment about supplements. So I've been working with a uh, new functional medicine doctor largely to try to combat osteoporosis. But one of the things that he discovered is that I'm a little bit low in magnesium, which apparently is not uncommon, especially for women. So I'm taking a little bit of magnesium supplement, not a ton, because I'm like a supplement and everything lightweight. So I'm taking half of what was what's recommended. And I gotta say, it seems to be helping my sleep. Now, again, not a doctor. Not even, not a nutritionist, not in anything. Um, just sharing my own personal experience, which is a little bit of magnesium, seems to help my sleep. So you say help your sleep, like make it even better? Even better. <laughs> even better. I was taking some for a, a little while there, and I do feel like it helped mine as well. And my problem isn't falling asleep. I can fall asleep almost as fast as you do. It's just that staying asleep or when I wake up in the middle of the night, for whatever reason, getting back to sleep quickly and efficiently. So okay. maybe, so morning walk with sunlight, uh, blue light glasses and magnesium. And do you wanna hear my middle of the night get back to sleep game? Sure. Okay, counting sheep doesn't work. And there's actually research that shows counting, sleep do that counting sheep doesn't work. But I have a game that I play when I wake up and I'm having trouble getting back to sleep. Because even Slumber Girl, some nights it's not perfect. And here's the game and I'm giving it to everybody. This is the stuff. You ready? Yes. Okay, it's the alphabet game. And you can use all kinds of different things. So level one is you go through the alphabet and for each letter you come up with a girl's name or a boy's name that starts with that letter. Just work your way through the alphabet. Level two, I've done fruits and vegetables. I've done, oh gosh, all kinds of things. Animals? I've done animals, yep. I have done things in my kitchen. Mm. And here's the one of the important things about this. If you get really stuck on a letter, just let it go and keep going. You can't, you can't lose your mind over not being able to find something in your kitchen that starts with an F. Um, so like just, a fork <laughs> right and then you keep going and then you suddenly realize like oh fork uh, but I, I this is something I made up years ago I play this every time I can't sleep with different kinds of things um, and I recently saw some research around this kind of exercise to help focus your brain so counting sheep is not focused enough it doesn't take enough brain power but other things take too much brain power. So this kind of exercise, for me at least, will put me, and sometimes I gotta go through the alphabet twice. Sometimes I gotta do girls' names and boys' names. I was just gonna say, like, is there a letter like you usually fall asleep by R? It really varies, it really varies. 
but it usually puts me back to sleep. Gotcha. So here's the thing. Every now and then, Eric and I wonder, is anybody listening? Does anybody care? If you are listening, and if you care, I would be so grateful if you would take a moment and add a review, a rating, a something to wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Share this podcast on your social media channels, or just hit Eric and I up and let us know that, yup, you're listening, yup, you care, and yes, we are making a difference.